Welcome everybody, F1 Feast, presented by filibusterfreestyle.com. It is your buddy Gavin. We're talking the Monza Grand Prix, a.k.a. the Italian Grand Prix, the home race of the Scuderia Ferrari. And before we do that, i got a couple things to tell you about. Number one, Drilling Threes is once again back at the Cedar House in Walpole on Route 1A. This coming Saturday, if you're listening, which will be September 9th, 8 p.m. to 11. Make sure you follow Drilling Threes on Instagram, at Drilling Threes. That's the word drilling and the word threes all together as one word for updates on future shows as well as content like Money Mondays and P-Funk Fridays. Also, do yourself a favor as football season ramps up. You want to get some gear. I'm looking at you, Patriots fans, Philadelphia Eagles fans, San Diego almost called you, Los Angeles Chargers fans, and much more and or Cowboys haters. You want any of that stuff and more, you go to Popsketch Designs at Popsketch Designs on Instagram or you go to Etsy.com slash shop slash Popsketch Designs. Get your hoodies, get your t-shirts, get your hats today. Here comes the theme song and we'll talk Monza, a.k.a. the Italian Grand Prix after that. Filibuster, filibuster freestyle. By the way, with the theme song in the books, let's talk about cuisine, because this is the F1 feast. So what did we have before this one-person podcast? So Monza is very close, relatively speaking, to Milan. And we found a dish that is a literally listed as a kind of compromise between the cuisines of Monza and Milan. It is the risotto alla monzese. And there are many variations, and everybody has their own personal version. But the basic ingredient is long, thin, fresh pork sausage to which other ingredients like saffron can be added. So those, those saffron is not actually mentioned in the, in the original, excuse me, authentic recipe. But anyway... We tried to make ourselves a little risotto alla monzese, and uh, it was good. It was very good, and as we're sticking to this year, since this is not a video pod at this time, we're not going to make you listen to us eat during an audio podcast. That makes no sense. But that is the food that was imbibed, imbibed, ingested, and enjoyed previously uh, to be pressing, pressing record on this pod, which was apparently not very easy for me to say. So let's talk about Monza. Max Verstappen wins his 10th straight. Max Verstappen is having a singular year in a singular car. And his teammate, Checo Perez, also hit the podium, also came in second place, which is, again, that Red Bull racing car is phenomenal. And as long as Max and or Checo don't have any problems that are insurmountable in terms of breaking down or being out of the race – both of them have a chance to win or come in second place every single race. And really, for Max, it's, I mean, he's coming first or second in every single race. I, I, could, I should fact check the second, but I'm pretty sure he has. And he's won 10 of 12, right? Or whatever it's been now. So, or 10 in a row, I think 14. I think he's won 12 of 14 races in 10 in a row. So, anyway, Max is making an incredibly dominant car, absolutely unbeatable. Unless by his teammate on a day when Checo has everything go right and Max has too much go wrong. And that hasn't happened in like four months. So, again, this is a singular season you're watching. Whether you like Max or not, you're going to look back and say this is historic because it literally already is. And who knows where how far it will go. 
really impressed by the fact that Ferrari was able to show up for their home race. They qualified well on Saturday, and they were able to have a strategy in which they could kind of park the bus, so to speak, um, and really keep everybody at bay for the most part besides the Red Bulls and, and, and absolutely had a chance to keep Max at bay. I think Max was behind Carlos Sainz for 14 laps, and it seems like Ferrari found some straight-line speed that allowed them to be level with and or faster than Red Bull on the straights, which means the DRS that Red Bull has enjoyed and the advantage they've enjoyed over everybody was not as readily and viscerally effective in Monza. And Ferrari was able to play that incredibly well. Now, at the end of the day, as we've said over and over and over again, the issue with it is that the Red Bull car is so good and the Max is so good and the Checo is actually so professionally viable as well that no car is going to be able to last the full 51 laps in this case in Monza and be ahead of two healthy Red Bulls if all other things are equal. And, of course, the Scuderia, the Ferrari team, had to make a lot of concessions to their team, I think from a cornering and steering standpoint, to have the kind of downforce, to have that kind of straight-line speed. But you know what? you got to hand it to Ferrari. They have not been able to get out of their way all year long, and they finally were able to show up on qualifying, put themselves in a position where they could go out there and they could make it happen and, and vie for the podium in which they came in third and fourth place. Easily their best race of the year and what would be the most important race, which is kind of like, you know, if you're not going to have a great season, you want to win your rivalry game and or in this case you want to win your home, your home race. And that is exactly what Ferrari was able to do. So kudos to them for figuring it out when it mattered most. So you had the Rebels go 1-2, you had the Ferraris go 3-4, and then you had the Mercedes go 5-6. Now, Lewis did not have a great qualifying day, did not have a great start to the race. George was better than him all weekend, uh, which has not been typical, and George winds up being one place ahead of Lewis. But again... The thing about Mercedes is they have arguably the two best drivers and arguably what is typically, at worst, the fourth best car on the grid in a given weekend and at best the second best car on the grid in, the second, in, this, in a given weekend. And so Mercedes is really doing a good job of trying to maximize double points more often than everybody but Red Bull. And so the Ferraris finally get a 3-4, but that's rare for them. So the rest of the uh, top ten... Very interesting. So, again, you had double Red Bull, double Ferrari, double Mercedes. Then we had our guy, Alex Albon, who our friend Dan from Australia points out. In his first – the first half of the season, first one, two, three, four, five, six, seven races out of 14. One, two, three, four. Yeah. Alex Albon had one point. He got 10th place in the season opener. And then drove well in the next six, but didn't score. He has scored 20 points in the last seven races. He got six points in Canada, four points at Silverstone. He got four points at the Dutch Grand Prix, and he got six in Monza. Alex Albon, we said this last week after the Dutch Grand Prix, I don't give me somebody in a worse car driving it better this year more consistently, especially over the last seven races. I don't think you can give me anybody. Alex Albon... He backed up the point last week that he might be the second-best pound-for-pound driver on the grid right now and only limited by his car, and he proved it again this week. And now I think both Zandvoort in the Netherlands and the track in Monza in Italy, you know, they both suit the Williams really well. 
that thing everybody says is a rocket ship in a straight line. But, you know, kudos to him, Alex Albon, and, and big ups to his team for getting a car that is a rocket ship in a straight line, ready to go the last two weeks at courses that favored their ability to do what they do best. And so Albon, in seventh, beats Lando Norris of McLaren, beats Fernando Alonso in the Aston Martin. Aston Martin coming in ninth place is their best place in the race. And then rounding up the top ten, old friend Valtteri Bottas. Bottas in the Alfa Romeo gets the point. Behind him in 11th, another great race from Lawson in the Alfa Tori, filling in for Danny Rick. Doesn't score any points, but to get 11th in an Alfa Tori this year is impressive for a guy in only his second race ever. The rookie, Oscar Piastri, coming in 12th. Again, his teammate Lando in 8th. Pretty good drive. And to underscore how good the Williams was in Monza, Logan Sargent came in 13th place. So Albon, who's crushing it, came in 7th. But his rookie teammate from the U.S., Logan Sargent, in 13th. The second Alfa Romeo of Jugon Joe comes in 14th. And then Alpine, who had a great week last week, including podium winner Pierre Gasly, he comes in 15th this week. And his teammate Esteban, Esteban Ocon didn't even finish. One of two didn't finish. Yuki Tsunoda didn't even get to start. His car literally overheated or something during the formation lap. And then rounding out those who did finish, Lance Stroll and the Aston Martin. So Fernando Alonso, his teammate, gets ninth place. Lance Stroll coming in 16th. No bueno. Not good. Not good at all. The Haases bring up the rear in terms of people who finished. Nico Hulkenberg beats his teammate Kevin Magnussen. They are in 17th and 18th place. So that's how it finished. And again, the stories are Max continues to roll. Ferrari found a way to roll for the first time in the same race at the most important race of their season if the season's not going to be great. And then Alex Albon backs up really all the stuff that's been happening since Canada with another fine performance, tied for his best performance of the year, a seventh-place finish. Let's look at the standings. Okay, so standings-wise, it continues to be a snooze fest between Max running away with it and Checo running away with second. Fernando Alonso and Lewis Hamilton are now locked up in a tight one for Third place, Fernando Alonso at 170, Lewis Hamilton at 164. That could be a dogfight to see who comes in third place down the stretch. Lurking in the 5-6-7 area is Carlos Sainz on 117 points. His teammate, Charles Leclerc, at 111, and then George Russell on Mercedes at 109. So fifth place and seventh place separated by a total of eight points. Significant drop down to Lando Norris in 8th place at 79. Lance Stroll still holding on to ninth place at 47. Pierre Gasly and Esteban Ocon are right near each other at 37 and 36. Oscar Piastri is now at 36. Alex Albon, 21 points in 13th place. Very much clear of the 9 points of Nico Hulkenberg. Botas with 6. Joe with 4. Sonoda with 3. Magnussen with 2. And then Sargent, Lawson, DeVries and Ricardo, all different versions of no points. Now, the only person who's raced in every race with no points is the rookie, the American, Logan Sargent. Lawson is filling in for Ricardo. Ricardo replaced DeVries. DeVries was fired halfway into his rookie season. Let's look at the constructors, and let's get out of here.
Rebel running away with it. Mercedes now really trying, really starting to grab a hold, a firm hold, the second place there at 273. Ferrari now is at 228. So Ferrari has leapt over Aston Martin as well. Aston Martin seems to be fading into the rearview mirror of the top three and looking as the clear favorite to be top of the rest, best of the rest, top of the midfield. Though they are still very close to Ferrari and mathematically very close to Mercedes. And if they have a rebound, they could be back in that top three, top two conversation. But it looks like that dream may be over. McLaren significantly 102 points behind Aston Martin fifth. They are way ahead of Alpine in sixth at 73. But Williams at 21 points, all scored by Albon. Williams is a very solid seventh. They're 10 points ahead of Haas with 11 points. Alfa Romeo has 10. And Alfa Torre sitting there on three points all from Yuki Sonoda. So that's where we're at right now. And I think the stories of the year is Aston Martin starting to fade, McLaren and Alpine getting back to where they usually are, Mercedes and Ferrari kind of getting back to where they were last year interchangeably, and then Red Bull's dominance enhancing this year. And then the real story is Williams, 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 a clear seventh, which is really good news for them. And again, on the heels of probably James Vowles is taking over his team principal and Alex Albon really driving out of his mind the second half of the year so far. Filibuster Freestyle has presented, this was just it, the F1 feast, the Formula One feast. We'll see you for the next race, which is in Singapore. Very excited to see what we do cuisine-wise in Singapore. Thanks for listening.